It is time for another episode of the Apple Circle Podcast. And as predicted last week, WWDC invites are out. Uh, it's official. Some interesting uh, tea leaves to look into as far as the slogans and invites go. But we'll get all to that uh, in a second. Lots of other Apple news. We got a lot on the iPhone this week. Uh, iPhone 14, iPhone 15, uh, iPhone 16. We've got some Mac news. Lots to get into this week. And it's going to be an exciting show. But of course, as always, we want to hear from you guys. If you guys have some feedback, you've got some questions, you've got comments we want to hear from you this is a, a two-way street let us know you can text us or call us at the apple circle hotline that number of course is 949-354-3508 you can text that number you can call it you can leave us a voicemail uh, or you can tweet us we're the apple circle on twitter you can go also to our youtube channel it's called the apple circle podcast where we post clips and full-length video versions of the podcast on there so if you are a fan of video i, I like i personally like video podcasts sort of see and uh, the different facial expressions and the hand gestures and see everybody in real time. If you are a fan of video podcasts, uh, check out the Apple Circle podcast channel. And I think that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Matt, it's another week. How you doing? How's How are things in uh, beautiful, snowy Utah? It snowed yesterday and now it's completely sunny again. So uh, weather is uh, trying to make up its mind since we're into spring here. But the exciting thing is we finally have WWDC official, the next Apple event we can uh, look forward to. So that's going to be taking place June 6th through the 10th, which is a very typical time frame for when WWDC happens. And it still is going to be virtual. They're not holding uh, in person like they usually would before the pandemic. Interestingly, though, one thing there is that it says at Apple Park, they are going to have some developers and students in hmm. the campus to actually watch the keynote, which is kind of interesting. So it seems like the keynote's still going to be pre-recorded, but they're going to have people actually, I, I guess, in the theater. Um, that's That would make sense. It says uh, limited space is uh, available for that. Um, and then all the sessions will be online as well. So not really sure what that's about. Maybe they're, they're going to pick people that they want to actually talk to, so they'll bring them to Apple Park. Maybe that's has something to do with it. I, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, virtual event, again, they don't have any like taglines for this or anything, but the image of um, WWDC, like with what they announced with it, is a Swift uh, logo with a like colorful ring around it, which uh, doesn't really uh, doesn't really tell us much. But obviously, it's WWDC, so that's a developer conference. So having Swift prominently placed makes a lot of sense. Um, and then also, but it's just kind of weird because usually in the past they'd have an Apple logo. I, I don't remember them not having an Apple logo, which is kind of interesting. Um, so what are we going to see at WWDC? We can go into some of the juicier. Um, you know, predictions, but you were saying, you know, off air when this was announced, you were saying you're just expecting boring iOS 16, iPad OS with no real cool features and, you know, all the other OS updates that we usually get. And that's about it. So walk us through, what do you think we will see? And then if, if it's nothing good, what, what, well, what are we hoping we see at least? As always, I've got like the two different brain, uh, you know, what, what do they call it? Like I got two brains or like two like thought <laughs> processes as this could go one is the optimistic exciting apple's gonna blow us away with something really cool something we're not expecting ipad os is gonna get some major upgrades you can run mac apps all that stuff it's like brain wave one brain wave two the more realistic brain wave for me is it's probably gonna be the typical ios mac os ipad os watch os some cool little things here and there but probably nothing spectacular earth shattering Though I will say one interesting thing, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot, is one of the big questions is with the headset. Will we get some kind of look at the software for the headset? This would probably be the best place to do it. This is Apple sort of setting the stage for what is to come with the hardware. And I will say it's interesting. If you go to the Apple website on the WWDC 2022 page, like Matt said, there's that image. But there also is, I don't know if it's a tagline for the event, but it is their tagline on the page. And that tagline is, call to code, which gets you guessing a couple of things. This could mean Apple is calling those people, you know, to regularly code for iPad OS and iOS and now's your time to code your cool app. Or is this a call to code? Like, hey, developers, gather around. Here's your calling. You got to code some new apps for this mixed reality headset because we're about to show off a whole new platform. Maybe this headset's based off Swift and... Here's your call to code. Go out, go code, get those apps ready because this is coming. I don't know if that's reading a little too much into it, but I did think <laughs> that was an interesting ch choice of words on Apple's page 
whether that's what we're thinking it's going to lean into or not. So that's my my initial thought yeah. on that. Yeah, code, I agree. Code catchphrase. Yeah, the 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 headset is the most optimistic thing that we might see. There's some other things we'll talk mm -hmm. about in a second that definitely seem more plausible. But the reason why I think the headset is at least possible, it's not completely out of question, is one, we heard rumors, you know, back since the beginning of the year that we're going to see the headset this year. So what better place to do that than WWDC? Because you're going to need developers to be on, on board for this, like you said. I mean, this is going to be completely new. So developers are going to have to optimize their AR apps, which they presumably have been making for the iPhone, optimize that for this headset. Um, and that's going to take some time. You know, the argument of why we won't see it is because, well, everything's been delayed and we probably won't see the headset this year to buy at the very least um, until you know, maybe 2023 at the earliest, if not later than that. Um, but kind of going on to that argument in the opposite way is that just because we, since this is a completely new category, Apple often, you know, releases those or announces those many months in advance between when you actually get them in your hands. They did that with the iPhone. They did that with the iPad, Apple Watch, all of the new product categories. They often announce it, show you, here's what we're going to be doing. And then it takes quite a while to actually get it in your hands. That I don't see why it would be any different with the headsets and the perfect place to announce it would be something like WWDC. I guess one more counter to it though, is that since it is for developers, it's very developer focused there's not as much fanfare around it. So maybe they would want to hold a dedicated event, which I completely agree and, and get as well. But, you know, it goes back and forth in my head. There's justifications for why we would see it. And then there's plenty of reasons why we wouldn't see it. The biggest reason why we won't see it is because that's just how life works. We get too excited about something and it's just not going to come. That's I, I'm not I'm not uh, predicting it's going to happen. I'm just hoping that it will happen. But yeah, I mean, the headset, I'm still confused about that. headset. Do, do you think there's a world in which Apple announces or hints at the headset without actually coming out and saying it? For example, what if Apple was to have a time devoted to AR kit and, hey, look at the advances, advances with AR kit and here's what you can do and here's some of the new tools. Is there a way they can sort of hint and, hey, look at all this cool stuff. Now's the time to start, you know, implementing it into your apps without saying, you know, we're going to make a headset because... On one hand, I totally agree with you. I think there is a very plausible explanation that this is the time that Apple shows off at least the software for this headset. Here's how it works. Here's how it works. I said that twice. Well, anyways, <laughs> here's a even more. Here's how it works. And also kind of here's why it's important and why you'd want to start developing now. Here's kind of what the framework looks like. And then maybe we'll have a bit of hardware to go with it later on this fall. That totally makes sense. I could also see Apple just not even talking about it at all, and it just sort of gets pushed down the line. The can is kicked down the road to whenever it is, and we get the basic stuff, you know, iOS, macOS, all the basic software updates, which as of right now, of course, the leaks always change, but so little is leaked, there probably isn't going to be any like huge groundbreaking changed iOS or iPadOS that's not really been talked about. So if we don't see this headset there's a potential for WWDC to be very uh, status quo for developers. It's very technical focused. Here's some cool stuff, but nothing crazy. It just sort of depends if it's the headset really is, you know, coming in here and that's where the direction they go. I think it's going to be really exciting. If not, I feel like it has the potential to be, I don't want to say boring because it is a developer's conference, but it's not going to be the, the hyped event we were all waiting for, hoping it would be. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I was just thinking this while you were saying that. This is not going to happen. I don't think this has been rumored at all. But I was just... One of the rumors with the headset is, yeah, it's going to have its own M-level chip or Apple Silicon built inside. Obviously, that makes sense. But there was another that it would have to be tethered to your iPhone. What if they did like a CarPlay kind of thing where you bring your own headset, plug it into your iPhone, and now it projects the AR kit onto a headset? Because we, we did this video um, for the John Rettinger channel on... Para? No, no, I'm trying to think of what. A there car? was some kind of there was some kind of headset that's basically got the same specs as what we're expecting from this um, uh, Apple display. It's got the micro OLED displays that are 5K in resolution. I was like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing we're expecting. What if we just projected it from our phone into this headset? That's not gonna happen. That's never even been rumored. But uh, what what sparked that was how could they talk about this without it actually being a yeah. product? That's the only way I can think of it. Is like if it's specifically software made that you can use for other things. And that's the only way I could see that happening. Other than that, I don't think they're going to talk about this until they have the full package ready. Um, or at least ready I mean, to they talk always, about. 
they've always got those really dumb, really over uh, overtime AR demos that you're just like, I, it's cool, but like there's never a practical use case outside of those demos. But maybe this year something different. That's just, I don't know. I just I wonder. I, I I could go both ways. I mean, I think that, like you mentioned, the hope of seeing that headset there is just that. It's just hope. I don't think it's actually going to happen. But that's like the one wild card I could see that would really change that event and really make this uh, one of the most memorable WWDCs in recent, yeah. uh, oh, for recent sure. Apple history. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I could think of that would be a hint at something is like if they demoed an AR app from some developer on your phone that is clearly meant to be worn. Like, oh, you can get navigation directions through your phone. You just have to hold it up like this and like walk around. Like obviously nobody's gonna be doing that with their phone. That would make much more sense for a headset. So like I could see that being a hint to it, um, but that's about it. I mean, kind of everything everything else that they've done for AR has only made sense if it's a, head, if it's a headset. Like mm-hmm. playing these games and stuff, holding up your phone is such a lame experience. Like it's cool that it works, but it's just like, it's not, it's not fun, I don't think. Like, but if you could actually see it, then then we're into uh, we're into the the next level of what this could be. But yeah, headset goes back and forth. I'm sure as we get closer, um, then we might might know more about what we're gonna see. Here's another question, though, kind of maybe headset included, but kind of uh, apart from this is okay. So we got rumor from Mark Gurman that we would see Max in May or June. Do you think this announcement of WWDC kind of wipes a possible earlier summer event off the table? Or do you think that, I mean, it's WWDC, it's always in June, so they just announce it. We still might get something before that. I would love to see a May event, but I I would be shocked if that happened. It it seems like as the rumor mill sort of gets a little bit more clear, like the stuff is less murky, it seems like unfortunately we always say this every year it's like the year almost gets like less and less exciting and like things start to fall into place so what it seems like now is that yes we're gonna have wwdc in june and then we might have like an event or probably two events in the fall with uh, iphones for one and then max at the other and that's probably it um that was an interesting point by german and i would have loved to have seen a may event but it seems like a lot of the stuff that we were expecting to see has gotten so far pushed down especially if m2 now isn't coming till the fall than any M2 device that we could have seen sort of early uh, summer, late spring would have made sense for May probably isn't going to happen anymore. So I think that unfortunately it's just going to be WWDC. We're going to have September iPhone event and then either an October or November Mac event. And then that's sort of it for the year. That's at least what makes sense to me. What about you? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think originally maybe that plan made sense at the beginning of the year before, you know, the state of the economy and the world kind of unfolded. You know, we knew it wasn't great at the beginning of the year, but we were all hoping it would fix itself, and it just doesn't seem to be doing that. So maybe even Apple themselves thought, you know, we're going to really have a ton of stuff this year, kind of almost making up for the last two years because just the state of the world again. Um, but, yeah, that just didn't work out. I'm in the same boat. I hope there's something, but that would be very unca- uncharacteristic for Apple. They don't do summer events. I don't see why they would really need to right. do that unless – the only thing I would think is like, unless they really are going to show off the headset and it takes too much time, so it's going to be its own event. Maybe they do that right before WWDC or some something like that. Um, but yeah, okay. On to more realistic possible things that we might see: the Mac Pro. So the Mac Pro is the last Mac hardware that we know is getting an update from Intel. Um, Apple themselves on stage at the um, Mac Studio event mentioned that the Mac Pro is the last device to get the Apple Silicon treatment and that it is coming. The question is when. The, the It keeps going back and forth. So WWC makes the perfect sense for when this would be happening because that's when they announced the last Mac Pro, which was in 2019. It's kind of crazy to think that the Mac Pro that we have now is three years old at this point, which, and it's had like very slight uh, hardware updates, like just in terms of options that you could get. I think it was basically just uh, uh, GPUs that you could change, right? Like they didn't really do much with it. It's kind of crazy that it's been three years since then. Um, But going on top of that, it's been five years since Apple kind of, uh, they did that very uncharacteristic round table where they brought in a bunch of, why am I losing the word here? Help me out here. Journalists. Journalists. That's the word yeah. that I was looking for. Uh, yeah, they brought in journalists and kind of talked about the state of the Mac and almost an admission that the Mac was in a really bad place. That, even more crazily, is five years ago. 
That was kind of in response to the Mac Pro. Yeah, five years since that happened, three years since we got the updated Mac Pro. So seeing a new Mac Pro makes a lot of sense. This is um, the right time. There's a lot of things to, you know, get excited about with it, especially with Apple Silicon Power. But the question is, will we see it now for a few reasons? So WWC makes sense we would see it. But it is rumored that the Mac Pro will be running on the M2 architecture, not the M1 that we have now, but the M2. And kind of backing that up is that Apple said on stage with the Mac Studio event that the M1 Ultra is the last of the M1 chips. So what does that mean? It could either mean that the M1 or the Mac Pro uses the M1 Ultra and that's as good as it gets. Maybe they have like a higher clocked version of it, but that's as good as it gets. Or more likely, I think, is that it is going to be running on the M2 and it's going to be using this M2 Extreme chip, which is basically two M1 Ultras put together. That's the current rumor of what we're supposed to be seeing. Um, question is, will we see it now? Because M2, we have not seen anything about M2 yet. So would they would they release the Mac Pro as the first M2 device? What do you think? So I don't think we're going to see it at WWDC for a couple of reasons. One is that Ming-Chi Kuo for sure, maybe somebody else, but Kuo for sure said Mac Pro is coming in 2023. And he doesn't clarify if that's released in 2023 or announced in 2023, but that's what it is. And the last Mac Pro that was sort of showed off at WWDC in 2018, that was releasing before the end of the year. So Apple had a little bit of buffer to get up for the end of the year. With this Mac Pro, for a number of reasons, if it's not launching until 2023, I don't see what benefit Apple has showing it off when you can't buy it for like six plus months. That doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense, even though as of right now, there really is no reason to buy the Mac Pro anyways, because we know the Apple's looking one is coming, but that's besides the point. So that's one of them. My second point is, like you said, if it's running off of M2, which looks likely, if the other M2 stuff isn't coming until the fall, especially we know the iPad Pro that's coming in the fall now with M2, then I don't think it makes any sense for them to show off the Mac Pro with the highest end chip and then sort of work backwards. I think that it makes more sense that it does launch in 2023, and then either Apple waits and holds off and they show it off in 2023 at some point, or they tease it at the end of 2022 at like an October, November Mac event. So this is like the one where we get the new MacBook Air. This is when maybe we get the new Mac Mini, and then they give us a preview of the Mac Pro coming in 2023. And then once the Mac Pro is released, then at some point next year, we should get the iMac Pro and stuff like that. But I think that the more these pieces fall into place, and if it really is M2, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be seen at WWDC. I think there's enough with the software stuff to keep it busy, and I don't think we're going to see it. So that's the puzzle pieces going yeah. together in my mind. No, that's I, what I'm yeah, thinking. I completely agree. And I think, you know, I've heard some people argue that, well, they announced that the Mac Pro is coming, so it's obviously coming very soon. Otherwise, why would they talk about that? I think... The whole because Apple doesn't do that. They never talk about future products that don't exist yet, like ever, really. Like there's certain times like a uh, Wall Street Journal, um, Joanna Stern, that's her name, right? Um, she was interviewing Craig Federighi and like mentioned the AR headset. And you could clearly tell that Craig knew exactly what she was talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, does that mean Apple's making one? Not necessarily. But, you know, you could just tell that it was like, it was almost like a under like a behind the scenes joke that we're not going to talk about this, but it's real. That's almost what it's felt like. They do that, but that's as far as they go. And they never actually mention a new product that's coming out. Yeah, sure. Can Is the Mac Pro like a completely new product? No, but they never talk about products that aren't released yet. So the fact that they did that is very strange. But I think the reason they did that is because they knew it was going to take at the very least an entire year until we actually see it. So mm. they tell us that it's coming. Here's the Mac Studio. This is great. It's powerful. It's as good as it gets right now. Mac Pro is coming, but it's going to be a while. So basically like, yes, it's coming. Don't get mad at us. We're, we are going to update it, but it's not coming anytime soon. Buy the Mac Studio now. Here's what you get. That's mm. my prediction or my interpretation of why they said that on stage when they really didn't need to at all. I, I, didn't, I don't think. Well, and to your point perfectly to that as well, I think that we have to understand that Apple probably said that because they're probably not going to stick to the two-year transition timeline that they originally said. 
And oh, if good point, they yeah. didn't say that, then people would be assuming that a Mac Pro is going to come at the end of the year. By at least acknowledging that it is in the works and it is coming, this has bought Apple some time, at least, you know, over six months. I mean, I think that the fact that they acknowledged it lets you know that it's in the works and we could probably see it this year, but more likely than not next year. And yeah. I think sort of throwing that bone to the audience, so to speak, lets them know, hey, we know it's coming, but just so you know, uh, don't wait around for 2022. It's in the works, but we're not going to say when it's ready. I think that's probably why they did that. Yeah, and it's it's almost like, um, you know, since they did do that initial two-year time frame that they said was going, that's how long it was going to take, I think that was obviously originally the plan, but things just happened, like we talked about with um, the AR headset and everything else. Um uh, so that was the original plan, but now that it's not going to happen, uh, it's more just like, don't worry, the Mac Pro exists. We're not killing it. Like, I th there was a lot of people when the Mac Studio came out saying, you know, maybe the Mac Studio is the replacement to a Mac Pro because it's kind of as powerful, right? Like the, the, the M1 Ultra was beating a lot of the, you know, lower level Mac Pro specs. So it's, you know, if you didn't know better, you, there's no reason to think the Mac Studio wasn't the replacement to the Mac Pro, but... They're just letting us know Mac Pro is coming. It just, uh, just, just wait for it, basically. So if you if you're in the market for the Mac Pro, you know now that you can wait. Maybe it's going to be a year. Maybe it's going to be two more months. Who knows? But uh, you know it's coming, so you can wait for that. If not, here's the Mac Studio, and we can get on with it. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm not hopeful that we're going to see it at WWDC. I do still think that's that makes the most sense uh, for where we'll see it. But I think next year, maybe even next year's WWDC, I think is when we might see it. Especially, you know, another thing to go along with that is, if you remember back with the Mac Pro we currently have, they announced that alongside the Pro Display XDR. We are expecting a Pro Display XDR 2, but another rumor from Mark Gurman was that we're not going to see any other mini LED displays announced this year on any other products. Uh, I guess, you know, I didn't really realize this, but I guess technically... The XDR is not mini LED. It just has a ton of dimming zones, which is very mm. close to mini LED. Um, so maybe that doesn't count, but I'm going to count that as kind of a similar thing. <laughs> um, so if if uh, those are pushed back until next year at the earliest, maybe they announce the Mac Pro and the XDR 2 side by side, just like they did with the last Mac Pro. That That's my presumption. It's just everything got pushed back at, until 2022, pretty much. All the cool stuff. And what's crazy, too, is just to go back to a second... Um for a second rather to what you said about that roundtable discussion five years ago it's crazy to look at where the mac lineup is now as opposed to where it was in 2017 because for those who don't remember that was when the macbook pro was like kind of a good buy like it had just gotten refreshed the year before at that major redesign that was controversial but that's when you had the older macbook air you had the trash can mac pro the older imac like their mac rumors has a little snippet of their buyer's guide from that time and it was don't buy, don't buy, neutral, don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. Like everything had gotten so little updates that that was the time. It was around 2017 that a lot of people thought that Apple would either just stop making Macs altogether. That was a rumor that the Mac line was sort of on its way out or that Apple was working to combine the iPad and the Mac, that Apple had sort of forgotten about the Mac so much that they were just going to sort of combine it with iPad OS and you're going to get this new hybrid thing. And that's what it was. And that led to that famous clip of, you know, Craig saying, oh, are you going to combine iPad and Mac? No. And everybody cheered because yeah. that was one of the big concerns because the Mac lineup was so horrible. Fast forward five years later to Apple Silicon and these new products. It is incredible to see this stuff and also kind of kudos to apple i mean they have done a full 180 not only are they invested in the mac but they are investing resources and designs and silicon architecture and just it's crazy to see this stuff and i think the mac because of that is better than it's ever been before and yes the round table was about the mac pro and a new mac pro was coming and stuff like that but with this i mean the mac lineup as it stands today has its issues and its quirks and it's a little confusing but man, with the new iMac and the new MacBook Pros and the Mac Studio and the display, Apple has really uh, returned to their sort of root customer, that Mac buyer, and they have rewarded their efforts for waiting so long because I feel like now there's never been a better time to buy a Mac. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's kind of interesting almost. It's almost like the, the tables flipped. Back then, the iPad was really exciting. I mean, obviously, people didn't want the iPad and the Mac to merge 
completely. They wanted features from the Mac on the iPad and vice versa, but they don't want it to merge. But the iPad was what was up and coming. It was exciting. It was like, man, this is going to be the laptop replacement. It's going to be very powerful. It's going to do everything we want it to do. Now we're in the opposite. Now the Mac is excellent, like you said, and the iPad still excellent. Like it's still great, but it's like, uh, it's now it's the confusing one. Now the iPad Pro and the iPad Air, the or the 11 inch at least compared to the Air are very similar, like almost the same, except for a few key differences that are, you know, you have to really care about them to want them. Um, the mini, I love the mini, but you know, it's just kind of, that's almost, I don't even know why they make that to be honest, even though I love it. I have it right here. It's my favorite iPad. Um, but I'm not really sure why they make it except for people like me who love it. Um, which can't, I still, I still want to see the sales numbers on the iPad mini. It can't be that high. Um, and then they make the cheapest one, obviously great for education and stuff like that. But then, and then they have the, on the top end, the iPad pro 12.9 inch, which great. But when you have something that big and that powerful with the M one processor and everything for what, what are you doing with iPad OS? It's just, it's just a very confusing line, even though on their own, each product is great, but they're just confusing. Um, and I guess that goes to, will we see a fix to that at WWDC? If we're not seeing everything else, what are we going to see at WWC? I mean, it's going to be the software, but what does that even mean? Like, what are we going to see? I mean, I know we talked about this last episode, but I think that there is a point to be made and there, it does make sense for some kind of power to finally come to these Apple Silicon powered uh, iPads, specifically the M series chips. Now that the iPad Air has got the M1, the iPad Pro has got the M1. I could see Apple finally opening up a little bit and giving us Final Cut Pro and Logic on the iPad. I'm not sure what that looks like or how it functions, but I could see them finally sort of start to bring the DNA over and really put those M chips to use with these, uh, you know, more macOS centered apps. Is it going to happen? I don't know. There have been like some rumors on it, but there's rumors about it every year. So who even knows what's going to happen? But I think that if this is another year that goes by where they don't do it, I don't think they're ever going to do it because there's no logical reason why they can't do it. The the Mac and the um, iPads share the exact same silicon. It's the exact same M1 chip. The apps will work on there. Yes, it's not running Mac OS. It's running iPad OS. But still, there's got to be a bridge there for those apps to work. I mean, you can run iPad uh, or iOS apps on your Mac just in a little window. Like, There's no reason why it can't be done in the reverse way. So I think that it could happen this year. But if it doesn't, then I don't think Apple's ever going to do it. Yeah. And I wonder, for you know, whatever reason. Yeah. Apple is like a huge company, obviously, but I haven't really heard of this or talked or thought about this or heard people talk about this for, for the last few years. But back when this was starting to bubble up, you know, when the Mac was, you know, five years ago, basically five, three years ago, um, there was. I always heard that Apple, even though they're a very big company, is that they can only focus on so many things at once. Um, and I still think that's true. Like, there, there's only so much that a company can do, even though they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees around the world. When you're developing these new things, there's only so much you can do. So I'm wondering almost if, you know, the iPad... Because for to get these pro features, presumably, if they're coming from the Mac... Maybe they would bring the Mac people to work on those for the iPad, but since the Mac mm. is doing so much, maybe they just don't have time to do the iPad right now because they're just focused on making the Mac as great as it can be, and it's working, obviously. Like, the Mac is awesome. Uh, but maybe that is taking away from the iPad because back when the Mac kind of sucked, they had the time to work on the iPad because the roadmap was whether whatever the reason was, whether it was because of Intel being slow, whether it was because of Johnny Ive not wanting to do certain things. I don't know what the reason was necessarily, but maybe maybe they just had more time to work on the iPad. And now that the Mac is really full steam ahead and it's killing it, maybe the iPad just doesn't matter anymore. In, anymore. And, you know, for those that love the iPad for, you know, certain things that only the iPad can do, like the Apple Pencil, you know, drawing apps, having a great screen, that kind of stuff, you know, it already does that. So what, what's the difference? Um, and for those that want more, well, they have the Mac now, so it's great. And that's, that's the only reason I can think why it's not going to happen. Other than that, honestly, I don't even care. Just make, well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think I'm processing this as I talk about it. I don't even care if Apple brings like final cut or something like that. I, I would love that. I, it's just more just like, let developers port their Mac apps over. I don't see why they can't do that. that oh, that's, that's the only I thing I think. The only thing that makes sense to me, and I guess the one big issue Apple and any developer has to overcome, 
is how do you put a full-featured music editing app or an app like Final Cut with all these dials and buttons and tabs, how do you make that a good experience with the touchscreen? Because first and foremost, the iPad is a touch device. That is a huge issue that I don't know how they fix. Do they totally have to redo the entire UI of uh, Final Cut and Logic just to fit on the iPad? Are they designing it with the idea that you're going to use touch first and then maybe a keyboard and trackpad? Or is this meant to really just be used with the keyboard and trackpad? It's, that's where it sort of gets confusing. And I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a UX person, but that seems to me is like, how do you scale Final Cut Pro with all that stuff down to an 11 inch, uh, you know, iPad Pro and make it functional and usable with touch? That's a big thing they've got to overcome. And maybe they went down that road. Maybe they tested it and it just came out to be that it just didn't work. Yeah. No, I agree. Like That's certainly possible. And obviously it is a huge undertaking of figuring out how this is actually going to work. So you know, I'm not not saying that they should just do it tomorrow, but it's also been like five years since everyone's been talking about this. So they have certainly tried it. They're, these prototypes exist. There's no way they haven't tried it. Um, so yeah, maybe it just maybe it just didn't work. The, like I can think of one way to do it is maybe for an app like Logic or something or Final Cut. Let's just use Final Cut because we're very very um you know familiar with it. Maybe there's the touch interface that then unlocks more features when you put it into the keyboard because then you now have a Mac and Mac and uh, so like maybe it's almost iMovie uh, on its iPad form but then you plug it into a keyboard and suddenly it unlocks more features. That sounds very unapple like to kind of limit features like that, but I don't know, that's one way to think of it maybe. Right. Um or it's just Maybe they call it Final Cut and it is just iMovie with a few more features and <laughs> maybe it's just GarageBand, but it actually is called Logic. I don't know. There's things around it, but what, what whatever Apple does, I'm less concerned with. It's more just like, honestly, forget the apps. The apps are cool, but let's let's bring some of the other things that we need, like being able to work off of external storage, uh, using multiple displays natively rather than just mirroring it and using, you know, extending the display rather than just mirroring it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, you know, using the home screen a little better, the files app, you know, files app is pretty good, but there's some things about it that it definitely could be uh, improved. You know, some of those basic things that you just expect on a Mac, bring those to the iPad and then everything else kind of mm -hmm. follows because then developers can make their own apps that then tie into that, right? Because LumaFusion, which is a video editor, works great. But the only reason I would never use it for a real project is because I have so, because the footage we shoot is like, you know, gigabytes upon gigabytes. So I'm not going to be transferring that to the iPad and then transferring it off. I just want to be able to work off my drive like I do on my Mac. And you just can't do that on the iPad. So that was my you know. my whole idea. Like on my iPad Pro, I was saying, I'm going to get the keyboard and everything. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be able to edit my videos on this. It's going to be great. And I can do it anywhere. And LumaFusion, to the developer's credit, it's a great app, very feature packed. It can do a lot. But there was just a couple of reasons, like after a while, where I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. I'm trying to edit. That the interface is great, but it's just it's <sighs> trying to video edit on the iPad doesn't work. And I don't blame LumaFusion. I blame Apple and like the way the cursor implementation is and like just it just isn't a fluid experience. And to your point too, you gotta transfer everything on it, off it. It's just super annoying. And I'm just like, this just doesn't work. Like the iPad is a great, it's a fantastic content consumption device. It's great. It's a great creation device too if you're doing the right thing. I think for the drawing, illustration, all that stuff is fantastic. Editing photos is really intuitive on there. Just for me, editing videos on there, I wanted to do it so badly and I wanted to love it, but I'm like, this just doesn't work. It's just easier for me to open a Final Cut on the computer, do it that way. I have all the Mac creature comfort stuff and uh, it's cool that I can do this in a pinch, but I just could not regularly do this. I'm better off just getting a laptop. Yeah, no, I feel exactly the same. It's like, I almost wish like I was starting over because if I was starting over with no you know, experience, then LumaFusion would be great. I'm sure I would get used to it. It'd be fine. Everything would be perfect. But it's just the fact that I know what I can do on the computer. It always feels limiting when you're back onto the to the uh, the iPad, which again kind of brings me back to this is which now that I have the 14 inch MacBook Pro with the M1 Max, I don't care about having the iPad anymore because the reason I wanted the iPad was for the portability and the small and the, you know, performance and everything. But now, even if the iPad gets those features, well, my 14 inch MacBook Pro is nearly as light as the uh, Magic Keyboard Plus iPad on the 12.9 inch version, at least. And it has a better, well, similar screen, better same screen, screen basically. Yeah. Um, it has, um, 
faster performance, has ports. It's like everything I want. So like I don't I don't care anymore. Now I'm using the iPad as an iPad, which is fine. There, there's that that's a thing that exists. It's just I I just don't care anymore. I, I want to see what Apple does so that they give me a reason to want to do it. But right now I just don't care. Is there any other hardware we could see at WWDC? Could we see an iPad Pro? Do you think we see a MacBook Air, uh, entry level MacBook? Do you think is it, is there any shot of hardware here? Or is this, is this, it's just all going to be in the fall? It just there's just nothing. Right yeah, now. I think it'll be in the fall. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think we'd see anything like. Okay, there's the rumor of you know some people go back and forth. Are we going to see an iMac Pro? I mean, maybe we see that this year because it's that's no rumor to have the same stuff, no right? Way. No, no. I don't. I, it. I, 2023 again is what Ming-Chi Kuo says. Yeah. I, to your point, yes, it's supposed to use the same chips, but that would just be really weird to see that before the Mac Pro. So, would it? And I don't know. Have you seen I don't the, know. Have you seen the? Well, have you seen the rumors? I think that um, I don't know if it's a rumor. Snazzy made the observation in his video, and I think others have echoed it that the way the studio display is designed maybe was intended to, or is intended to one day be a iMac that that's going to be the chassis of the iMac that would actually be uh the be the actual computer that's what it would look like and I just also find it so fascinating that it's got the A13 it's got 64 gigs of onboard storage um the studio display is super quirky but I wonder if it I mean if they launched an iMac Pro with a studio display chassis 27 inch mini LED promotion it's perfect right it's perfect perfect. it's perfect but I don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) No. At least not at I, WWDC. I I, no, not happening this year. So that's why I I don't think we're going to see hardware. I think iPad, we already heard that's the fall. All of a sudden, two stuff got pushed. It's probably going to be, if we're being honest and realistic, it's going to be just the software stuff. It's going to be iOS. It's going to yeah. be iPadOS, which isn't bad, but it's just, I think we always get our hopes up for something crazy and that's never, never pans out. Yeah, and especially this year, the rumors have been off the chain, and then they're being completely wrong. So yeah. <laughs> it's like this year they really like we're gonna we're gonna tell you everything is coming, and then just nothing. I mean, obviously we got some cool stuff, but it's not it's not what the rumors were. Um, well, I guess speaking of rumors, let's go on to some of the only news slash rumors that we've <laughs> gotten this week. So a few things. First, uh, let's talk about um, the iPhone. So rumor is. No Touch ID coming, at least in the next two years, which that is not surprising. You know, the under-display fingerprint sensor was rumored since when? The iPhone 12 or iPhone 11? It's been a few years. Well, I mean, years. it really it really heated up last year with the 13 Pro. Well, that yes, was a done that deal. one especially. Face yeah. ID, Touch ID, but yeah, it's been, it's been a while. It's been around, and uh, obviously Apple has tested it, but apparently it just hasn't worked out the way Apple wanted to, so that's not happening. Um, no real surprise there. The other thing is, though, that this is a rumor that we were supposed to see for the iPhone 14, but obviously it's not happening, that with the iPhone 16, we will finally see Face ID behind a display instead of having the notch or the cutout which is expected for the 14 so uh, not too exciting news there and also not very trustworthy i would say that that's probably you know you could say whatever you want for two years from now who knows what's going to happen so um i'd still call that optimistic because if we look at how how things have progressed so far the notch has existed for what five years since the 10 back in 2017 so it took apple four years to shrink the notch um until from the 13 then i guess they're gonna do the double hole punch i just i, I feel like well actually i don't know if, if they really do progress fast i could see okay we have the notch uh as says it is four years then on the fifth year they shrink it on the sixth year well i'm, I'm messing up my math here the notch is the same from 2017 three years to 2021 four oh, years no. four years yeah you're right three okay yeah the notch is okay the notch is the same for three years the fourth year they shrink it the fifth year we get the double hole punch the sixth year, nothing changes. And then the seventh year is when we supposedly get rid of the notch, at least on the pro devices, and a face ID moves under display. Why they can't do that now, I don't understand because we've seen this tech from other companies. I know Apple has different standards sucks. and things need to work a certain <laughs> way. Yeah, but I just, I, I really don't understand why they don't do it now or why. Well, it's because it sucks. I'm, again, I'm sure. Why. I'm sure they've tested it. Well, I have the um, I have the S uh, I have the Galaxy Fold uh, Z3 and or Z Fold 3, whatever his stupid name is, um, and it has the under display camera. And I will say, back when I got it, it was very noticeable that it was there. Now I just don't mind it anymore. But if you catch a glimpse of it, it is very obvious that there's <laughs> something up with the screen. Like they don't hide it at all. Um, 
So that is that's why it it sucks from Apple standards. Like I, I still enjoy using the phone. It doesn't take anything away from it, and it does. You know, when you're like watching a video or just kind of browsing, it does kind of fade into the background, and you don't notice it after a little while. But when you do see it, it's very obvious that something's up with the screen. So that that's why they're not going to do it anytime soon because it's just not quite ready. And I don't even know, honestly. How, well, the the thing in in favor of doing it relatively soon is that, you know, the rumor at least for the 14 slash 15 was that the face id hardware would go behind the screen but the camera would stay as a hole punch Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the issue with the camera that we have now in these phones uh, behind the display the the issue is that the pixels can only get so small because the camera Mm -hmm. still has to see through it so Mm -hmm. maybe that doesn't matter as much for face id maybe because obviously resolution isn't as important because you're not literally looking at a picture of yourself so maybe that is something that they could work around but obviously they're not releasing it anytime soon, so it's not good enough for Apple yet. I think even more than that, though, Touch ID has been very controversial because people want it back, they want it back, they want it back. But I think that this latest rumor shows that I think that it's never going to come back to the flagship yeah, iPhones. That Touch ID has been uh, demoted to a second tier system, that this is what we have on the iPad. It's, well, on some iPads, it's on the iPhone SE. It's on the Mac, which that's a whole separate thing. But I don't think we ever see Touch ID return to the iPhone. There were some rumors that maybe they could pull an iPad move and they would build it into the power button. But uh, I don't think that's any more elegant than Face ID. And Face ID continues to get better. And I just think that they're going all in on Face ID. And I don't think it's worth their attention and their time to bring back Touch ID um, especially if Face ID works better, and I, I understand people just like the convenience of it. It's easy, it's nice. But would you? Here's what. Here's a question. You know, and I guess for you, Matt, too. Would you rather have Apple divide their time to work on Face ID and Touch ID to kind of give you both, or devote all the resources to making Face ID the best it can be to hopefully work in some of those edge cases when usually Touch ID would be better? Oh. I think I'd rather have Face ID. I, I don't really care about Touch ID anymore. I mean, I have it on my, like you said, all in my, on my Mac. I actually, uh, new purchase alert, I bought the new keyboard, the Magic Keyboard, wow. with Touch ID built in. Game changer, considering I'm docked all the time. I was, I was just missing having Touch ID because I was using my computer locked? as a laptop more often, and I just missed it. Um, well, do you, so here's my question on that. So why is Touch ID so useful? Is it if things are locked? Is it because you want to make purchases? Like what's all of the are, above. are you using Safari? Yeah. Oh, with yeah. the stupid Absolutely. like authenticate for the passwords? Okay, that's super annoying. That's no. why you use it. I, it's I get excellent. that. What do you whatever mean? I open it's great. Well, whatever I open in Safari is like, oh, because of my Mac's closed, like you gotta take your password to get the password thing unlocked or whatever to get the keychain to authenticate. Yeah, yeah. That's annoying. Well it does that for one password too, um, to be fair. Yeah. It does. But I did I actually I did set up my one password to just not lock while my computer is docked so I can type in there and get in there and Yeah, I need I mean, to do that. Again, my computer is mainly at home. Yes, that is not as secure, but I never lock it. I have some stuff open just because it's more convenient, just because I'm tired of like having to type my password in every time. Um, but I would like to see some kind of I mean, they're never gonna do it, like some kind of external touch ID thing, but uh, the keyboard is nice like this. I I would use the keyboard. I like Touch ID built in. I just don't like that keyboard. Actually, well, I haven't tried the newer one. Is it, it feels exactly how the same. similar is it? Okay, then I don't. <laughs> I think I, it feels exactly. I the have same. one. Is it in my drawer? So I might have packed it. I had one in my drawer. It was like a backup keyboard. I will say, I still have this Logitech the MX keys. I really like this. This is really. This has been my, one of my favorite purchases of 2022 so far. Um, the Logitech one, but. Uh, I, I get it. If you're in Safari a lot and like you're doing Apple Pay and the authentication for passwords, especially, then Touch ID would be. Yeah, I did order. Do you, is, do you lock your computer? Oh, no, I don't lock my computer, but I do have it uh, set to like after you have the screensaver on, it does lock itself. So that I don't even remember setting that, but that's just how it is. So I'll, I'll use Touch ID for that. I did order, uh, speaking of keyboards, I did order another keyboard besides this one. Um, I bought this and then I ordered the other keyboard like at the exact same time. I don't know why I did that. I don't need two keyboards, but um, I'll talk about that when it gets here. I think it gets here in like two days, but that one's a mechanical keyboard that is different than the ones we've talked about. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Oh, I want to I want to see that. Yeah. I see that. Um, but yeah, Touch ID, I, I find it useful, but I don't really need it in my phone because I have Face ID. So if Face ID just keeps getting better and better, then I'm happy. That's all I really care about. Yeah, and we heard some other stuff like Apple's still working on the foldable iPhone, but it's, you know, the date on that just keeps getting pushed back further and further yeah. down. 2025 now is maybe the thing. Um, you know, the the double hole punch is going to stick around for this year and next year it's going to kind of expand through the whole lineup. 
There, I'll just say this. There's not been a lot of exciting iPhone 14 news. If anything, we've just gotten confirmation that there is probably not going to be a redesign this year. I think I saw more leak ads a couple days ago that just show yep. it's basically the iPhone 13 body with the difference it's on the display is the double hole punch. Yeah, that's it. And yep. then the camera bump might be a little bit bigger um, for that better camera. So it seems like really the 14, the story is going to be the double hole punch, and then the cameras. That's really what's going to set the Pro apart. As for the regular 14, I don't want to say there's less and less reason to buy it, <laughs> but why would you? Because maybe the camera gets better, but the design's going to stay, same notch, all that stuff, which almost, I guess, as we sort of wind down, one last thing I wanted to point out was from Ming-Chi Kuo, and he had a tweet. Let me see if I can pull this up. He was talking about how Apple had cut production of AirPods 3, that orders have been cut by around 30% due to failed product segmentation strategy. Demand for AirPods 3 is significantly weaker than 2, and AirPods Pro may get discontinued when Apple launches AirPods Pro 2 to avoid this issue. And the issue is that the difference between AirPods 2 and AirPods 3 is so small, it's so almost intangible that most people would just buy the twos if they can find a good price and not buy the threes. And that's a huge problem because really there's not a whole lot of difference between the twos and the threes. And that is a huge issue. Well, leads to a couple of things. One, that's one of the problems with Apple keeping older products around is when the difference is not that big, it forces a lot of people to go with the other one, which is I think why we've seen less and less older iPhones stay around because when the differences are not that major, it forces a lot of people to just get the cheaper one and then they don't buy the new one. Um, and also, I just think that it sort of is a little problem in Apple's current lineup strategy, which is let's try to create as many different options for as many people as possible at different price points, which is good. But when you have people on information overload and too many options, then maybe they're not choosing the one that they should or at least the one Apple would like. Because I'm sure Apple would like to push everybody to the new stuff. But when you have those other things around, especially when the difference between AirPods 2 and AirPods 3 is so uh, insignificant it makes sense that AirPods 3 just doesn't have that demand. Yeah, I agree. I kind of read this a little differently too, which I don't I don't know if what the exact reason is. But so yeah, compared to the two, there's not that much that you would want from the three. I mean, there is technically better sound quality. The design is different. And you know, it, you go, you get what? Uh, MagSafe in the case, and that's kind of it. Uh, so there's not much of a difference there. But also kind of looking at it the other way, AirPods Pro are, you know, significantly better, but not that different from the three. So it's like, why not get the pros? Uh, it's like the three is just in a very middle ground, weird space mm. where if you care about things like the design and, you know, those kind of things and the maybe sound quality. Well, yeah, sound quality. If you care about those things, then the pro makes more sense because you get the noise cancellation, the transparency mode, and it's the same design. So you do more with the uh, different tips, which is actually better um, for most people at least. Uh, so you get that, which is a better product. But if you don't care about any of that, then save your money and buy the two, which they, which they still sell. So it's in a very weird space. Um, and the only reason that that came to mind is because he said that the AirPods Pro are going to get discontinued uh, um, once they release the Pro 2, um, which I guess is kind of unrelated. They're just trying to avoid this mistake. But I think the point is these things are all too similar. So on one hand, you're going to buy the cheapest one because it's basically the same thing. On the other hand, you're going to get the most expensive one because it's basically the same thing. So it's like, which one do you care about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's hard too because so AirPods 2 are 130 bucks, So that's what that is. Uh -huh. AirPods 3 are $180. But then you can get AirPods Pro for 200 So the difference between if you're AirPods 2 and AirPods 3, there's what, a 60-ish dollar gap there, right? Am I doing yeah, that? Yeah, something like 50, that. 60 bucks. So that's a big jump. But if you've made the jump to AirPods 3, for 20 bucks you get AirPods Pro, which are arguably better. Are they $200 from get, Apple or is that just on sale? They're always well, on sale. No, it's, they're, on, they're on sale. But when I was, we just did a... Um, an Apple Circle Snap on Snapchat. We have a Snapchat show, if you didn't know, about the buyer's guide, the ecosystem bundle. Yeah. And I was looking into it, and it's not official from Apple, but like almost every third-party retailer has 200 bucks. Verizon, Amazon, Best Buy, everybody has it for 200 bucks. And at that price, like the difference is 20 bucks. I'd argue your $20 is well worth it to get the pros for transparency and noise cancellation. Those two features alone, I think, are worth it. Plus, um, I guess the case is wireless charging. I don't know if the battery life's any better. Um, no, but it's worse. Actually, I think for tra for transparent, well, for transparency and noise cancellation, I think it's worth I think twenty it's bucks. Worth it. Yeah, hands down. definitely. 
But if you're not in that price range and you're below the AirPods too, because you save so much money. So I just, Apple's kind of hurting themselves. And I think that's, they've avoided that with the watch. I think pretty good. Um, though I think getting rid of the watch, uh, series three might sort of clear that up a little bit, but, um, definitely with AirPods, it's been an issue with iPhone. Like I mentioned, they sort of disc, they have stopped sort of keeping the older one around, um, which has helped with that. And also, I guess, you know, to that point as well, there was not a rumor, but Mark Gurman pleaded the case on why Apple should keep the older iPhone SE around. I think it was, he wanted it to be 199 or something. And the problem is, is that if Apple did that, they know they would totally cannibalize sales of iPhone SE 3 because most people are buying that phone because it's cheap, not because it's whatever the features are. So if you could get last year's SE for 200 bucks, the new one for, what is it? 430. I would recommend most people just to save the 200 bucks and go with the SE because for 200 bucks for the SE 2 it's a really good phone. So that's, that's part of the issue here too is why Apple has to be very careful on what older products they keep around and which ones they get rid of because they'll start to sort of eat away at the sales of their other products. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of uh, the worry that I think a lot of us have had about Apple in general is now that they're doing so many SKUs, it's at what point is that going to start to slip? Because that's what happened back in the 80s and the 90s before Steve Jobs came back. They had too many products, no focus, nothing made sense. Now the products are actually really, really good. So that's that part of the issue is not there. But at a certain point, the product line, the product lines just get too confusing. So hopefully that they won't make that mistake again. But yeah, the it's it's funny when you on one hand, it's like Apple can't win because they don't make enough things. And on the other hand, they can't win because they make too many things. I mean, it's sort of hard to argue with their financial success. I think oh, one of the things sure. that Tim yeah. Cook did well is, you know, I think that as much as this has caused confusion, Offering so many different options, so many different price points has really helped probably make them a whole lot of money. So on one hand, they're probably losing out when someone buys AirPods Pro instead of, or AirPods 3 instead of, or no, AirPods 2 instead of AirPods 3. But I'm sure they make that up in the back end when someone's like, oh, let me buy this case or let me buy this or that. I, I'm sure it has even out in Apple is what, near, worth nearly $3 trillion, right? Are they on the road to something $3 like trillion that, or something yeah. like that, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. So anyways, um, Matt, anything else before we wrap up that was sort of... Unfortunately, the uh, big news in the Apple world for the week. Hey, WWC is coming. That's exciting. Uh, it's at least conf confirmation that we are going to hear something from Apple, which uh, even though all the rumors point to it, we never really know until Apple says it. So that's good. I think that's 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 good enough news to uh, be happy about. But yeah, that's about it. Um, now, uh, now we look forward. Hopefully we get more rumors about what we're actually going to see at WWDC. I'd love to see some rumors about the software, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. We'll know more next week, hopefully, guys. As always, let us know your comments, questions, feedback. What are your thoughts? What do you think we're going to see at WWDC? Sometimes it's a tongue twister to say. <laughs> dub, it's easier to say WWDC or WWDC than WWDC. What are your thoughts? What do you think we'll see? What won't we see? Your thoughts on Touch ID versus Face ID? Let us know. Uh, you can tweet us. You can comment on this video if you're watching on the podcast channel. Or, of course, our Apple Circle Hotline is always there. 949-354-3508. So always thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. See you right back here, same time, same place, on another episode of the Apple Circle Podcast.